In Mexico's Puebla Tlaxcala Valley, a group of grasshopper hunters is walking through an open field with big two-handled nets in hand. What you're hearing is a sound of a crunchy, salty snack. Grasshopper hunting has been going on in Mexico for thousands of years, but only recently has eating them gained widespread acceptance. Today, consumption of the jumpy little protein-packed insects is booming, and more and more restaurants are putting them on the menu. And not just in Mexico. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, essential news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Today, before Turkey, Chapulines, the world of harvesting and eating grasshoppers in Mexico. Layla Miller is a foreign correspondent for the Los Angeles Times based in Mexico City. Layla, welcome to the Times. Thanks so much, Gustavo. So grasshopper hunting, where'd you go? What'd you see? How was the sound? So I went to Mexico's Puebla Tlaxcala Valley, which is about two hours away by car from Mexico City. The idea was to follow grasshopper hunters as they were going out at night, a couple hours before sunrise, because that's when the grasshoppers are less jumpy. (laughs) I met a group of hunters right outside a gas station before they were ready to go out. (laughs) And if I know my poblanos, they were probably making jokes and getting all ready to have fun. Yeah, they were, you know, smoking some cigarettes. There was just a lot of energy in the air, even though they do this every night, their friends, their family, it's exhilarating. So how does the process go? Because, I don't know, grasshoppers jump a lot and they're tiny. Are they the grasshopper hunters on their hands and knees? Are they chasing them down like Bugs Bunny or something? Like, how does it happen? They're moving pretty fast. They're wearing headlamps and they just speed through these fields because they want to catch as many grasshoppers as possible. And they're swinging these large green rectangular nets from side to side. And it's all very quiet at night except for this whooshing sound and the crunch of the leaves. And the nets get pretty heavy with pounds of grasshoppers. So every maybe 20 minutes, they'll transfer some of the grasshoppers that are in the net to backpacks, small backpacks that they're wearing. There's really that many grasshoppers that they catch to where a net gets heavy? There are, yeah. And you can tell if you're in an area with grasshoppers because the leaves on the plants will have some holes in them because the grasshoppers were munching on them. Wow, that's really cool. 
One of the guys that we were following was Felipe Garcia. He's from the area and he will pay grasshopper hunters for their grasshoppers so that he can then sell them. Felipe told me that very often grasshopper hunters will be hunting on private land. Sometimes they'll have permission from the owners. Sometimes they won't. What, they're trying to harvest their own grasshoppers? Why would they get mad if someone catches grasshoppers? Sometimes owners are happy to have some help getting rid of the insects, but others can get really mad if the hunters are stepping on their produce. He said that some people even fire warning shots into the air when they see the hunters. But can grasshopper hunters really make a living this way? Yeah, they can. Many families in the towns in the Puebla Tlaxcala Valley dedicate themselves to this work during grasshopper season, spring to the early winter. And grasshoppers aren't so cheap in Mexico. You can pay $12 for about two pounds. So they do say that it is worth it. You know, to complete the life cycle of the culinary grasshopper, you ended up going to Mexico City and talking to people, tourists actually, who are eating them. What did you think of the, the hamburger with the Well, I only had the, the cricket on its own. A little bowl of crickets. Okay. That were so, kind of cooked, roasted a little. Yeah, I wanted to talk to some people who had never tried grasshoppers before. And it was a a little salty. Okay, and was that your first time eating Mm -hmm. an insect? I think so. (laughs) And also people who eat them pretty regularly. I talked to one couple who said he and his wife always eat them with pasta. They love pasta dishes and they think it adds some flavor. Yeah, it seemed to be something people like to eat. More after the break. So, Leila, I've eaten chapulines for a while because I like Oaxacan food, and that's a delicacy to them. And I try to describe the flavor to folks as, you know, those small little dried shrimp, or actually I don't think most people know because I think only Mexican uncles eat them nowadays, but that's how it tastes to me. It's like crunchy, briny, salty, And good, but if you don't like crunchy, salty, and briny, then you're not going to like them. So I've always known it as a working-class snack, but seeing them in higher-end restaurants in recent years, even up here in the United States, that's a trip to me. So what's the history of chapulines as food? Chapulines have been eaten in Mexico along with other insects like maguey worms and ant eggs. For hundreds of years, they were eaten by Mexico's indigenous people because they're a great source of protein. And about 10 or 15 years ago, more chefs in Mexico and Mexico City started to introduce them into their restaurants and started happening as... Mexican entomologists began publishing research about the environmental and health benefits of eating grasshoppers. 
Is there like a grand champion for trying to get more people to eat more chapulines, more grasshoppers? There, yeah, there certainly are some. I met this really interesting guy in Oaxaca. He calls himself an insect investigator. I, I'm sure in Spanish it sounds better, like el investigador. <laughs> yeah, el, el investigador de, de insectos, maybe. <laughs> and his job is basically to go around Oaxaca and find new insects to sell at the restaurant where he works. And what does he say about demand for it? His restaurant is really focused on people who want to try new insects. And he agrees that there is increased demand for grasshoppers in particular. Part of what got him looking into all these different kinds of insects people could eat is that he went to this conference and met an entomologist. A la Ciudad de México, a una expo. En ese evento estuvo un biólogo e investigador de insectos. And the entomologist started telling him more than 100 different types of insects are eaten in Oaxaca. En el mundo se consumen 530 insectos en todo el mundo, sobre todo África, China, Asia y América, ¿no? Se consumen 530. So that's what propelled this journey to look for new insects and bring them to people's plates. One of his, his favorites is this large locust that he found that he says is absolutely delicious. Es una chinche y cuando pruebo su sabor, sabía entre, es un sabor muy rico, o sea, casi como esto, así, como entre cilantro y menta. He found another bug that he said tastes like cilantro and mint. Oh, damn. Yeah. I think there's a lot of excitement about trying new bugs. It's not for everyone, but there seems to be a market for it. And the industry itself, is it still like family run? Is it bigger companies who are now growing these chapulines like in factories? Like how is it playing out so far? So from what I could tell, the chapulines or grasshoppers are caught by families. And then these families will sometimes sell them to a few companies that then turn the grasshoppers into products like grasshopper salt or dried grasshoppers. And those are then sold to restaurants or just anyone. No one I talked to said that it would be accurate to say there's a grasshopper industry because that I think implies that there's huge companies doing this work and that there's regulation. But in Mexico, actually, there's no regulation around grasshoppers. It's something that many people are trying to change. The only reason I say that is because here in Southern California, you turn on the local news and you'll see, oh, yeah, grasshopper eating is totally cool now. And you'll see entrepreneurs trying to make grasshoppers and other edible insects the next big thing. So they're breeding them in warehouses. And part of me thinks, isn't it just better to get them organic from nature? Grasshoppers in Mexico are this area that many entrepreneurs are curious about and are trying to look for different ways to get into the market and maybe change the market. What does it take to get a grasshopper from the field to a fancy restaurant like in Mexico City or other places? 
It takes a lot of physical work. After I followed the grasshopper hunters in the Puebla Tlaxcala Valley, I accompanied Felipe to his home where his family, his mom, his siblings all spent the day working to prepare these grasshoppers. <laughs> So they first sifted this preliminary thing through of the grasshoppers where they took out leaves and frogs and anything that wasn't grasshopper. And then they poured several pounds into a boiling pot of water. They added salt, lemon juice. After about 10 minutes, the grasshoppers had turned from green to a reddish color. And after that, let the grasshoppers dry in the sun. And then they spread them on a table and just spent hours picking through the grasshoppers by hand and taking out, again, anything that wasn't grasshopper. And then after that, what do they do? The day that I was with them, the family was particularly hurried because that night at about 10.30 p.m., they were going to get on a bus with their grasshoppers and drive about five hours to the state of Oaxaca, which is next to Puebla. They got on this bus with a bunch of other people who have also been catching and preparing grasshoppers to sell. And where exactly that bus is going? After the break. So, Leila, the people you were hanging out with, they got on this bus full of grasshoppers, hundreds of pounds worth, on the way to the city of Oaxaca. Where are they specifically going to? We were all going to the Mercado Central de Abastos, which is near a large bus terminal in Oaxaca City. And we get to this huge outdoor market at about five in the morning. And it's all dark. The vendors are just starting to get there. And the grasshopper sellers, they're called chapulineros or chapulineras (laughs) in Spanish. They were covered in blankets because it was really cold and they make their way deep into this market. And they start setting up their bags of grasshoppers, of chapulines, in a long line. When customers come in, they can just go from one vendor to another. So they just set up and then they waited. They waited for the first people to come. So are there any figures of how many chapulines are sold per year in Mexico? It's really hard to know. I met a entomologist who told me that based on this study, on research he did from 2010, there are about 200 tons of grasshoppers that are sold in the Puebla Tlaxcala Valley every year. It's hard to know, but I spoke to a researcher 
who's done a lot of work on grasshoppers. And he told me that in the Puebla Tlaxcala Valley, which is really known for harvesting and hunting grasshoppers, there's about 200 tons of grasshoppers that are harvested every year. But we really don't know for sure. We just have projections. So I think the future of grasshoppers, or at least immediate future of grasshoppers, looks pretty bright in Mexico. More chefs, more entrepreneurs are finding creative ways to sell them to the public. I visited a restaurant in Mexico City where they sold grasshopper pizza. At other restaurants, they sell grasshopper hamburgers, where they throw in some hamburgers with the grasshopper meat. And many people who eat grasshoppers will also eat other kinds of insects. So at one restaurant I visited in Mexico City's Condesa neighborhood, This family had just ordered all the insects on the menu. The restaurant was having this insect special and they ordered grasshoppers and stink bugs. The only dish that they didn't order was an ant egg dish because they said they were just too expensive. Ant eggs are known as caviar in Mexico. Escamoles? Yes. Fíjate cuánto cuestan los escamoles. Por eso no los pedí. Sí. O sea, 625 pesos. Sí. Digo, no sé, eh, 100, o sea, 100 gramos de escamoles, sí. 625 pesos. Yeah, those are super good, but yeah, pricey. Carísimo. Comparado con el taco este negro, sí. que cuesta la tercera parte, y además tiene pork belly. Why are people ordering them, though? Do they see it because it's trendy? Do they see it because it's good? Or is there other reasons? A lot of people grew up just eating grasshoppers and they like the taste. Some people, particularly tourists, have never tried them before and they're really curious. I think it's just a mix of reasons. One of the things that I see about grasshopper consumption is this idea that it's more sustainable than like eating beef or eating other types of meat. So can this grasshopper eating have a significant impact on climate change? I think the point that scientists stress is that eating meat is not great for the environment and for climate change because cows produce methane, which is a greenhouse gas, and grasshoppers just don't produce nearly as much pollution. So I think this say that they are a good option if people can get the protein that they need from them. I had to try a grasshopper for this story, and I don't think I would have tried one otherwise, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> They're better than that, Layla. Layla, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks, Gustavo.
And that's it for this episode of The Times, essential news from the LA Times. Rowan Moore-Garrity and Hasmina Aguilera were the jefes on this episode, and Mario Diaz mixed and mastered it. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasali, and David Toledo and Ashley Brown. Our editorial assistant is Madeline Amato. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our editor is Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmina Aguilera, Shani Hilton, and Hiba Urbani. And our theme music is by Andrew Eaton. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back next week with all the news in this month. Gracias. <laughs>